this is Andy Parole for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. And I'm like, joined by the former undisputed cruiserweight world champion Alexander Usyk and Igis Klimis' manager here in London. Igis, Alexander, how are you? I'm fine. Igis? Feel good. It's good to hear you feel good. Very feel. Yes. <laughs> Alexander, obviously you've got your fight announced with Derek Chisora. Talk to me about the fight. How excited are you to face Derek? Скажи, как, как ты удивлен, как тебе нравится это все? Мне очень это все нравится, а еще я хочу кушать. I like that a lot, but I wanna eat. We'll try and keep it short. Everybody knows how good a technician you are around the ring, brilliant skills. Derek, very tough, likes to come forwards, throw a lot of punches. What should we expect from a pair of you on fight night? Anything different? Все знают, что у тебя хорошая есть боксерская школа. Что мы должны ожидать в эту ночь? Что-то что что разное, ну, что-то другое. Э -э ну, рассказывать я точно не буду о том, что, что я буду делать. А вот 23-го, конечно, люди, как всегда, увидят наш великолепный бокс с Дереком. Of course, I'm not gonna tell what I'm gonna do, but on the 23rd, then people gonna come, they're gonna see what, what I can do in, in boxing with Derek. Derek's an established world-level heavyweight. A lot of people still waiting to see how you're fair up there in the division at the top, how you, how you operate as heavyweight. If you beat Derek, do you think that that will quash any questions about your status as a, as a contender in the division? Все знают, что он уже устоявший боксер, отстоявший в своем дивизионе в тяжелом весе. А пока по тебе, то есть еще не ясно. Если ты проходишь его, то есть ты думаешь, что ты уже как бы заявишь то, что ты может быть в тяжелом весе? Я вообще об этом не думаю. Я буду боксировать и идти к своей цели. I don't think about that at any point. I'm just gonna go through my goal and that's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna box. Obviously, you have a WBO mandatory challenger. Why did you decide to face Derek now? Ты находишься в WBO. Обязательный претендент, почему ты решил боксировать с Чесоры? Потому что это будет офигенный бой. Because I think it's gonna be a good fight. A lot of talk about obviously the Anthony Joshua fight. You had the, you could have had the chance to maybe face him if the Pulev mandatory wasn't there. How did it all work out with Eddie? What did Eddie say to you about the future and the mandatory position? Что-то ты обговаривал с Эдди Хёрном по по поводу. Энтони Джошуа, что какая у тебя в дальнейшем, ты сейчас э, не боксировал с ним, хотя ты являешься при, обязательным претендентом. Были какие-то договоры, обговоры с Эдди Херном про будущее? Ну, это секрет. Это секрет. Александр, передал привет. Да, да, да. Hello, my dear friend. Передаю всем привет. Александр, best of luck. Thank you, speak to Boxing Social. Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with the one and only Alexander Usyk. Million dollar question for you, Usyk. Is it spelled with an A or an O? Because people tend to get into arguments over this online. Alexander, like me, Alexander. Okay, because people honestly get into arguments over that. When we put 
sometimes an O or an A. They're like, no, it's not spelled that way. You probably don't. A, A, Alexander, it's Russian. Okay. Alexander, O, it's Ukrainian. Me, like Alexander. Your English has got so good. Maybe. Yeah, good job. <laughs> He's studying right now. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Good on you, it sounds great. Um, look, you, you picked a really tough fight for your second outing. Derek Chisora is going to give you a war when you get into the ring with him. But there must have been something you saw in him, maybe a weakness, that made you confident in taking this fight. What was that? Путь очень тяжелый соперник, потому что он придет, он действительно принесет войну, он действительно будет создавать, пытаться создавать тебе большие проблемы. Ты что-то в нем увидел, какая-то слабость, где-то скорость, что-то в нем увидел, что ты решил боксировать именно его? Нет, я не видел никакой слабости, не видел никакой скорости, мне просто нужен этот бой. Я буду боксировать, выполнять все то, что я делаю, и меня не интересует, что он ко мне принесет и с какими намерениями придет. Главное, с какими намерениями я прихожу. А я прихожу с любовью. It's uh, I didn't see no weaknesses. I didn't see speed or slowness in him. I just took that fight because I need that fight. I want that fight. I'm gonna be boxing. I don't care what he's gonna bring. I worry what I'm gonna bring there into the ring, and I'm gonna bring a love. Right now, all roads lead to Anthony Joshua, so it was a bit risky for you to take on such a challenging opponent like um, Chisora. Should you continue to win, we know what's coming. But we also know that Anthony Joshua has to be successful against Pulev. My question to you is, who do you think wins and who do you hope wins against that fight? So that would be your next opponent. AJ Pulev, Я очень хочу, чтобы выиграл Энтони Джошуа. Все. I want very, very much Anthony Joshua will win. As you've seen just a few weeks ago, the landscape in the heavyweight division is forever changing. We saw Tyson Fury do something that most people never thought could happen. Not that he couldn't win, but to to to, to win against uh, Wilder the way that he did in the fashion which he did. Were you surprised as well, or did you believe that he could also have stopped him? Ну, они говорят, что они разговаривают о поединке Энтони Джоша, Тайсон Фьюри. Тайсон Фьюри по поводу Валдера. Ты был удивлен, что Тайсон Фьюри не только победил, а вот победил именно так? Нет, я не был удивлен, потому что ну, все по поединку после какого-то там, после четвертого или после третьего раунда, ну, все к тому и шло, что Тайсон Фьюри был очень энергичный и заведенный, а Геннадий Валдер чуть-чуть был не в своей тарелке, то есть... Ничего удивительного, я просто смотрел этот поединок и все. No, I wasn't surprised because like after third or fourth round, already saw where is that going and uh, everything is just went the way it's supposed to be. I've asked Tyson about you numerous times, and sometimes you get, you know, I like the guy, and the next minute he's saying that he can beat you with one hand tied behind his back. What do you make of him saying that about you? Он сказал, он сначала как бы может сказал, что там нравишься, не нравишься, а потом он сказал, что говорит, если мне одну руку сзади привязали бы, я у Усика выиграл. Что ты можешь сказать на его такое высказывание? 
Ну, мне он симпатизирует, как он ведет себя. Я вижу в этом то, что некоторые видят в нем то, что он делает глупца какого-то. Я вижу, что он это делает все запланированное. Если он считает, что он может меня победить завязанной рукой за спиной, я могу замотать себе глаз, завязать одну руку за спину, и еще пускай меня кто-то держит за ногу. Uh, everybody, I like I like the way he acts. I like uh, the way he prepares himself. But I think everything is planned. A lot of people think he's kind of like playing dummy, but I think it's uh, everything is play. Everything is already organized and planned, and that's the way he. Uh, what he said, he can uh, beat me with a one head tied behind the back. I can tell they can cover one of my eye, tie my hand behind it, and somebody can hold one of my legs. Here's the thing. Eddie Hearn has stated that he really wants to make a fight between Joshua and the winner of the trilogy between Wilder and Fury. But you're the mandatory. You're the one that is set to be next after Pulev, should each of them be successful. Is that something you're willing to allow and step, step aside maybe for a fee, or are you going to be aggressive and, and want that fight? Eddie Hearn said that Джошуа Пулев, он бы хотел бы сделать, конечно, если Джошуа выиграет, он бы хотел сделать Фюри с Джошуа. Ты будешь агрессивно биться за то, что тебе сейчас следующий должен быть WBO титул, или ты можешь там отступив в сторону, разрешишь им боксировать? Я пойду сейчас шлепну Эдди Хирну, чтобы он так не говорил и все. I'm just gonna find and smash right now Эдди Хирн, because he's talking like that. О том, что идут об этом разговоры, это неудивительно. Естественно, им выгоднее провести бой между двумя британцами, которые более известные, чем я. И тем более, ну, у них есть пояса. Но я однозначно буду боксировать с Энтони Джошуа, просто надо подождать и все. Of course we're talking about it, because for them it's more comfortable. The two, you know, two Britain guys, they're more popular than I am here. And of course for promotion would be a crazy, crazy idea, but... I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to go my road. Okay. Lastly, uh, the Klitschko brothers, uh, you're pretty close with them, I'd like to say, right? Good, good relationship with them. What, what kind of it... Yes, I have a very, very good relationship with him. A couple days ago, I met with an older brother, and we were called younger brother, and the three of us, we've been talking on the phone. What kind of advice have they given you now that you've entered into the heavyweight division? Yes, they're giving me some advices, and uh, the younger brother, Vladimir, comes to my training camps, and we sometimes spar. So, you know, should the fight happen with AJ, he's got some inside, you know, knowledge there. That's helpful for you, I'd imagine. Говорит, AJ уже знает кое-что про вашу сторону, то есть. What's the question? Yeah, it must be helpful to have that knowledge within camp. Говорит, для тебя это как бы полезно, потому что Кличко знает уже AJ, он боксировал с ним. Он э, достаточно корректный парень, и он не говорит какие-то слабые или сильные стороны AJ. Он просто выполняет со мной 
то, что нужно мне, и тренируется со мной. He's not telling me what AJ capable to do or not capable to do. We're not kind of like even talking about that. He just comes in and the tra we train both together. All right, well, you guys stay safe out there, okay? And hopefully there will be no postponing or cancellations of the fight with everything that's going on. Wish you nothing but the best on your second outing. And let's see what, what you have to bring to the heavyweight division. You got a tough, tough test ahead of you. Very nice. <laughs> That's going to make the fans jump when they hear it. Any final words? My fans, UK, America, Europe, Asia, I love you. I am feel? You feel? Yes, I'm feel. I'm very, very feel. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate your guys' time. Thank you. Bye, Fight fans. Hey, Fight fans. It's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and also hit the bell button so that you can get alerts every time we upload a new video. fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with the one and only Eddie Hearn. Eddie, it's been a minute. I haven't uh, spoken yet. Yep, we definitely got to do the taps. No handshakes here. Um, kind of crazy times crazy. right now. I mean, just what, a day or two ago, NBA shut down. The Premier League is now shut down. And the Premier League. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. What's it been like for you also? You, as you. you said, and the Premier League. You said, no, the Premier League. Mm -hmm. You said the Premier League shut yeah. down. I said, yeah, also the Premier League. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that thing echoed. Sorry, it scared me. Um, yeah, so look, from a from a boxing point of view, obviously yesterday what you saw in the States was six shows get cancelled. Um, I spoke to Bob Arum yesterday and he was saying we're going to go behind closed doors and then a few hours later I looked on social media and they'd be cancelled as well. So for us, it's everything's out of our hands. You know, we're only dictated to by the government. Once they say it's off, it's off. Right now, it's all on. My bigger concern is for the shortest, like the closer stuff, because I think at the moment the panic is just ridiculous. Well, say ridiculous, but it is a bit OTT. So it's like, oh my God, just stop everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, this is 11 weeks away. Joshua's 15 weeks away. So I'm hoping, touch wood, that yeah. by then we're all, you know, everyone's sort of over the worst of it. But again, you don't know. Anything could happen. But so as of right now, there's nothing for us to even. Think about it. I mean, I mean, look. The, the things to think about are what the experts are telling you in terms of, yeah, and stuff like that. But in terms of sports events, like, and I've, I've tried to make it clear to the fans: if you buy a ticket for something and it does get cancelled, you get a full refund. So, like, for me, the stuff that's in greater risk is like March 28th, April 4th, maybe April 17. Like, the further away something is right now, the less risk it has. Do you know what I mean? We don't know. That might change. But I, I, I think the kind of thoughts are is that stuff in the short term might just get pulled. And then after a while, I mean, the Premier League, or Premier League, has just said... Can you explain that to yeah, me? Cause... So it's called the Premier League, okay. but Americans call it the Premier League. And they're like, oh, my God, that's a great backward pass by the... You know, like, they don't really know what they're talking about, about football. Anyway, it's a bit lost on you, so <laughs> we'll leave that one there. But they just announced that all games are stopped till April the 3rd. So April the 4th, at the moment, they're going to resume. So you'd have to think, like, from a sports perspective, something in May or something in June will be okay. But we just don't know. You know, we just have to keep moving on with the business. Main priorities. Number one is the public. 
making sure that we act in their best interest, which actually isn't even our decision. We'll just get told. But secondly is the fires. You know, you know what these guys go through. They're trained for eight, nine, ten weeks. They don't get paid to train. They get paid to fight. So you're going to get fighters that have trained. I mean, you saw it yesterday. Michael Conlon, uh, Shakur Stevenson. They've been training for three months. They might not fight now till September. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's difficult for everybody, but it's also a complete freak moment that we all have to deal with in different ways. I got on a train yesterday and everyone was like, oh, rest in peace. I'm like, bro, it's not that deep. Uh, got me some sanitizer right in my pocket. Yeah, you can have some. Apparently they're sold out everywhere, so it's a hot commodity. No one knows today. Like, there's no point. I found myself this morning having a meeting and we were discussing Corona for five minutes. You know, I reckon this, I reckon, I ain't got a clue. But the fact is, is from everything I'm hearing from a health perspective, again, it's hard to say, oh, it's only a cut, like, sometimes you don't even get symptoms, but through what I'm hearing versus what I'm seeing is madness. But we have to respect what the experts tell us. So from a show perspective, we crack on. If it has to be postponed, it's postponed. You get your money back. But for me, May and June, I think we're going to be all right. But, you know, we'll see. Well, speaking of May, we is this why we haven't got the Canelo-Billy Joe Saunders fight announced yet? Is it because we're not we're quite sure what's happening? The terms for that fight have now all agreed. The danger for that fight was, I think, everything that happened, it was supposed to be announced today. But obviously, with what happened yesterday, in America particularly, I think they just sort of went, let's just wait till early next week. I believe May 2nd is still absolutely the target for that fight. Again, that could get taken out of their hands. It's not going to be a golden boy decision. It's not going to be a matrim decision. It's just going to be, we are cancelling events. Tough. Do you know what I mean? But we don't know in the UK what comes. Is it that there's only shows with less than 5,000 people? Only shows with less than 1,000 people? Then you've got the stuff of, do you do stuff behind closed doors? You don't do Chisora Usyk behind closed doors. You don't do Joshua Pulev behind closed doors. You might do a show that was sold three or 4,000 behind closed doors. Do you know what I mean? Because the fighters have got a fight and the broadcasters need content. Right now, like I'm thinking to myself, this weekend, I'm just going to sit home all weekend, you know, chill. And there's nothing on TV. There's no sport. There's no Premier League, Premier League. There's no, there's no boxing. There's no golf. There's no uh, Formula One. There's nothing at all. So, in a, in a, because that's how my mind works, there's big opportunities that will come out of this for businesses across all sectors. It's also going to be very tough for businesses, very tough. You ain't got to go in a pub, a restaurant, empty, hotels down 40, 50 percent, you know, uh, travel companies just in absolute chaos. But you've got to, in times like this, you've got to roll your sleeves up, you've got to put your hand sanitizer on, and you've got to work harder than before. And you've got to try and stay with a hustle. Just outthink everyone, outsmart everyone. Things that are out of your control. But you need to deal with the things. Not doing anything for the situation. But but again, it doesn't help where some people are saying, oh, it's ridiculous. Like, this is just, everyone's panicking. It's nothing at all. And other people like, I don't know, Piers Morgan are saying, oh, my God, this this could be worse than World War II. I mean, when people like that say that, what do you expect people to do? I mean, these, these are people that people are influenced by. Influencers. Do you know what I mean? So what an influencer means is they're going to have an influence on you. If these people are saying, oh my God, just don't leave the house, just, just then that is what's going to happen. Yeah. The panic gets worse. People don't go out. No one wants to spend any money. No one wants to go to work. Businesses start failing. The economy crumbles. There's, 
Have, have you experienced yourself? I mean, I don't know if you do the shopping or your missus yeah. do the shopping, but have you seen, like, the store? I went out, and I went into the fridge the other, the freezer. I've opened it up. It's, like, overflowing. I said, what's this? She went, oh, I've got, I got, like, a couple of weeks' worth of food, you know, just in case. I went, just in case what? She said, well, you know, say we're, we're all stuck in and no one's about to leave. I'm like, this is half the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like... You don't, oh, and then I was, but, but then they're saying, like last night, that on 50 or 60% of times, you, there's even no symptoms. You could have it. Sorry, but you might. I could have it. Like, but if there's no, like, how bad is it if... You know what, do you know why, I know people are like, oh, you're too relaxed about it. And I'm like, no, as long as I go about my day protecting myself and protecting others, there's nothing to fear. At the end of the day, I'm healthy, I'm going to... Walking down the street and, you know, particle or whatever. But you can't live like that, like, you know. You're not going to live in a box, no, basically. You can be, listen, you can be careful, you can be vigilant, you can listen to the experts. But don't go on a panic mode where life stops, because trust me, in three or four months' time, your life ain't going to be in a great place. If all of a sudden, oh, you're a, you know, you're a business owner, and it's like, oh, my God, shut up, and then I'll just pop back in for, oh, my God, we've done all our money, and our costs are still there, and now we've gone bankrupt. Now, if you're a worker, you know, I mean, I said to our people yesterday, listen, we're a say small company 100 employees right so but it's like guys if you feel uncomfortable don't worry about working from home they're like don't work at home it's boring i'm like okay well look but if you feel unwell you've got to follow these you know yeah. the general government policies of going home but like i don't know i just we live in a mad world i mean it's just a mad thing altogether isn't it yeah. that it just completely stops the world but our business and the main priorities are, number one, making sure we put on events where the public are safe, and that will be led by the government. And number two is we make sure the fighters can earn their money. And that's a big concern of mine as well, because there's going to be a lot of fighters that this is going to affect. Well, I know we got to talk in majority about coronavirus, which is obviously yeah, the hot topic yeah, at the moment, yeah. um, which is important people know, because, yeah. it, you know, it, you are an influencer yourself. Like, it's like, relax. Just, again, I'm not an expert, but all I'm saying is... Like, are, though. So, so all I can say is... My mentality is don't panic, listen, be smart, of course, but go about your business, work hard, think, think, you know. And from a boxing perspective, keep supporting the shows, keep buying your tickets for great fights until you're told otherwise. Exactly. Um, obviously, we're here for uh, the the launch press conference for Usyk versus Chisora. I wasn't quite sure if we were going to get this one, to be honest with you. It took a while. We're here. Um, not overlooking anything. Obviously, I'm not trying to jump too far ahead, but just curious, when you were doing the negotiations for the mandatory for Joshua, why was Usyk behind Pulev as opposed to the other way around? In the rotational system, which is a chronological system of when the mandatories are due, the IBF was first. So what we did is we went to the governing bodies. Once we established that, I said to Usyk, look, I could, you can fight Chisora. I didn't think they'd fight Chisora, to be honest with you. And I'm so happy because I've got to give him a fight. I want him to have the best fight possible. And I was like, I was expecting him to say, what about, I don't know, sorry to put any names in it, uh, uh, Gerald Washington, like one of these guys, you know, who everyone seems to fight and Bryant Jennings or like, and I was like, Chisora, yeah, what, O2? He's like, O2? Because when he boxed Bellew, he really wanted to box at the O2, but went to Manchester, and he was like, oh, I wanted O2. So now he comes back. And when you've got, you know, for what he's gambling here, in terms of the Joshua fight and the numbers, it's quite unique. Yeah, you know, like, ask him. but when you look at his career and you say, 
you know, even going back to Michael Hunter in America, um, Bradis in a unification in Latvia, Marco Hook in Germany, Gassiev undisputed in Russia, Tony Bellew in Manchester, and now Chisora at the O2. It is unbelievable. It is remarkable. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves, really. Um, but they but just, that is in place should he be successful against Chisora. Yeah, he's mandatory. And even, like David Hayes saying to me, is the mandatory, do we become mandatory? We've asked the question at WBO, not necessarily, but he would be number one. Yeah. But more and more than that, if Chisora beat Usyk, Chisora gets his world title shot anyway because he's going to be, like, publicly, everyone's going to say, fuck, you've got to have it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, well, at first, um, this fight was going to be March 7th and then it was going to be March 28th. March 28th was, like, the solid date. I'm so happy that it wasn't March 28th because that's a date we've got to show that day and it, that's 50-50 right now, I reckon. You know, I booked my ticket to return back to America March 30th yeah. because I thought the fight was the 28th. And then, unless I'm not allowed back into yeah. the States after all, who knows what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah, so I think that they were they had a little bit of an elbow problem, nothing major, getting a bit of physio, couldn't start camp. But I didn't know whether they were just sort of playing me to not fight Chisora because I was thinking, are you really going to do this? Like, I know that... <laughs> Chisora's not the greatest fighter in the world, but fuck me, he's a tough son of a bitch. Like, especially when you're unproven at heavyweight. That's the remarkable thing about this. It's not even that they chose a slightly smaller heavyweight or, you know, one that don't punch very hard or one that hasn't actually got a very good chin. They just went balls deep for like, sorry, for, for, for like a guy who is horrible. Like, we know Usyk's gonna outbox um, Chisora. But is he going to keep him off him? Like we saw in the Gerald Washington, uh, not the Washington fight, in the uh, Witherspoon fight. Like, and that was a much lower level than Chisora. There were just a couple of times where he's sort of like, oh, you know, and big guy. And this is another kettle of fish. And they're right up for this. They think, as David Hayes, they think that they've had a mess. Hayes going to me, I can't believe he's saying this fight. He's going to turn up, isn't he? I'm going, yeah, fucking right. Is. He's going, I can't believe it. We're going, this is like, he's got the golden ticket and we're going to take it off him. So I can't wait. I can't wait for this fight. Yeah. All right, Ed, I know there's people waiting to interview. We got to caught up talking about uh, the, the coronavirus. Again, important to, to bring to light at this point. But let's see what happens. Hopefully, if all fails and next month is, is kind of slow, well, we'll just have to come over your house and then eat some of your food and then get the interviews there. In the, in the lounge or something like that. <laughs> but we got eight, we got March 28th, 02, April 4th in Newcastle. April 17 in Washington. It's probably the one I'm worried about more than anything at the moment because they just cancelled a show in Washington last night. Uh, April 24th in Doncaster, Terry Harper against Natasha Jonas. May the 2nd, White Povetkin, Taylor Serrano. May the 23rd here, Joshua in June. So again, I'm hoping that over that period we'll be safe, but I think particularly May 28th and April 4th, just a little bit rocky at the moment, but anything can happen at any time. All right, well, I wish you nothing but health and safety out there in the, in the streets. <laughs> and I'll catch up with you later. Cheers. Bye, Fi fans. Hey, Fi fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and also hit the bell button so that you can get alerts every time we upload a new video. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. You know, Derek Pizzoro and myself had a box boxing match in uh, 2012, whilst probably around about exactly the same time Usyk was uh, preparing to win his Olympic gold. 
So I won't be surprised if Usyk was watching that fight. And here he is, now eight years later, about to step in the ring um, with, with that same, same Derek Chisora. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it just shows how seasoned you know, Derek is, how much experience he's had you know, compared to Usyk. Usyk, a supreme amateur, you know, a supreme professional at cruiserweight, ticked all the boxes you could ever ask for in terms of a dominant champion, the champions that he faced and beat on foreign soil, the way he did it, you know, the, the, the way he's been able to uh, have such a uh, rock-solid cruiserweight campaign. Uh, he signed it off with the, the huge fight at the O2 Arena with um, was it Manchester against Tony Bellew. And um, he, he now believes he, he, the next phase for him, he's ticked every box in his career, and his, now, his next, phase, his next you know, target, which is probably, and has always probably been, his biggest target of being the heavyweight champion of the world. I know as an amateur, it was my dream to win the Olympics. It never happened. You know, I got silver at the World Championships. Uh, you know, but I made that up because I, my ultimate goal was to be the heavyweight champion of the world. And um, you know, Usyk, you know, was a pretty better amateur than I was. He's in the Olympic, Olympic gold. You know, as, as a professional, he's done as much as you possibly can do. But that fight against the heavyweight champion, the big guy, can the small guy beat the big guy? Um, I, I don't think Usyk has the punch power to become the heavyweight champion. I think myself and Evander Holyfield are the only two people to do it, and both of us can crack. If you look at the way he beat Buster Douglas, you know, he punched like a heavyweight. You know, he wasn't pity patter stuff. He went out there and was, able, was willing to lay some, lever some big punches. And I did the same thing. I, the only reason I, I believe I had such success at uh, heavyweight was because I punched so hard. And when you're fighting a big guy, you need to hit that big guy hard to get his respect. Because if you don't, he's, he will just use his superior size and strength to grind you down. Everyone tried to do it to me at Cruiserweight from my first defense against John Ruiz. First thing he said, I'm just gonna go down and put it on me, put it on me, because I was naturally 90 kilos, he was naturally 115 kilos. He was always significantly bigger than I was, so he wanted to use that advantage in size. But when you hit someone, it puts them on the back foot, and once on the back foot, your superior skills then can, can, can rise to the occasion. But Derek Chisora knows you can't have a boxing match with Usyk here. He knows he doesn't want to go out there jab for jab, you know, having a look around him. Because what these uh, Eastern European guys, particularly the Ukrainians, so Limachenko and uh, Usyk, for instance, they wait for the first round. They process you in the first round. They let you do what you're doing, move around. They don't mind losing the first round, second round. They don't mind doing that. Because in that first two rounds, they're figuring you out. They're, they're boxing. Their boxing brain's just working overdrive to work out what your feints are, what's your movement. When I do this, what do you do? You know, okay, you jab, let me figure out your distance and your speed. Okay, you didn't hit me there. Okay, you hit me here. They're working you out. And once around three, four, they then try to they go back to their corner, they put a plan to action, and they then implement it. And it's one for him 100% of the time doing that. So that was against cruiserweights. Mm. Very good. Yeah. You, you say that this, how you, you question whether Usyk become world champion because you're not sure about his punch power. Um, it's, not, it's not because of that, it's because of the size factor and the fact that he doesn't have, as, as yet he hasn't shown me in the ring, am, in amateur professional cruiserweight or heavyweight, that he can hit a big man who weighs 250 pounds hard enough for them to stand off to stop moving forward. 
The reason I, I'm about to ask you this is mm. because you have arguably the number one heavyweight in the world mm. where it is still questionable whether he has punch power, and that's mm. Tyson Fury. Mm. And yet he's arguably... He has the, the size. One. He has the size, though. He weighs 270-odd pounds. Mm. You don't need to punch hard at literally one punch. You just need to be that big. You need to be able to absorb what the other person's taking and keep moving forward. Usyk can't do that. To, it's never been his style to try to use that that size so I know what you're saying it makes sense you know you don't have to be a one-punch knockout specialist to punch but you need enough power to get the respect of a big man and has Usyk done anything punch power wise up until this point again even his, his only heavyweight fight against um, Chad Witherspoon has he that fight did he hit him with something so significant that um, he didn't keep moving forward no he just I wasn't, that I wasn't that impressed. I know it was his first fight and he was getting adjusted to the weight. But if there's ever a time to try to, to jump all over Usyk, is at this stage in his career. You don't want him to have two or three more fights as a heavyweight to, to fill into the weight, to get used to training camp, sparring the bigger guys. I think this is the, the perfect storm and a perfect position where Derek Chisora, of all of his whole career, now he's at his best. He's 36 years old. It sounds crazy, you know. He's, I boxed him when he was 28. Or, and mentally, he wasn't a professional fighter. He, he didn't take training seriously. He didn't live the life. He wasn't sacrificing. He wasn't watching what he was eating. He wasn't watching what he was drinking. He, was, he wasn't doing what needs to be done to get the best out of himself. Now he is. He might be a little bit older, a, little, a few more miles on the clock, but he's significantly more effective now as a... Uh, as a contender than, he, than he's ever been. And if there's ever a time that he's needed 12 rounds of hellacious action in him, it's a fight where he could be outboxed for the majority of the fight. But all he needs is one round of lever landing. The, the combination that he landed against Spilka. If he lands that against Usyk, they're both similar sizes. Spilka's probably bigger than him. You know, Spilka's gone down to cruiserweight now. So he, that's how hard he hits. So if he can use it, but once again, you, Derek Chisora wouldn't be considered a one-punch knockout specialist, but because he's so heavy and because he's so strong and he just keeps moving forward, so that's it Carlos becomes Takam, yeah. exactly. Yeah, the fact that he was able to take that beating from Carlos Takam, could Usyk take a beating like that? I don't believe so. I don't believe he never has, and I believe. Uh, and the fact that he's never taken it means he's probably quite fresh, but he's then unconditioned to taking abuse because he's so skillful. He never does inspiring in fights. I'm not saying he's soft, he's not soft, he's tough as they come, but he's never had to take a beating, not that I've seen. Maybe behind closed doors he has some real tough sparring, but his fights are so calm and he's so in control, he's never had to go soul-searching, he's never had to dig deep. Derek's had to dig deep in pretty much all of his fights. He's normally he's losing the fight most of the time and he's got to find a knockout. Sometimes he gets it, sometimes he doesn't, but now he's taking it seriously. He's got 12 rounds of fight in him and... I think Team Music have made a, a horrendous um, error in picking. They've picked Derek Chisora. They've literally picked. They could have picked anybody. They picked Derek Chisora as their opponent. I think they got it way wrong. Dave, um, in regards to Derek's trainer, we know in the last fight, going Steve Broadson. For this fight, is it going to be a change of trainer again, or is it, are we sticking? Are you sticking with the same guy? He's been doing a lot of work with Leon Williams. Um, he's been doing a lot of good stuff with the guys at London Shoot Fight. Ruben Tabaras is still in his corner. No, so he's got a same, it's a very similar team. Um, he's focusing a lot more on sparring. He's focusing a lot more on sparring action and um, drills. And this fight is about conditioning. This fight is about him being able to maintain what he does. 
you know, there's no need trying to teach him how to slip this and do, the, do all this technical stuff because anything technical, this guy wins it. He just needs to be able to attack, attack, attack. And if he's attacking and missing, he just needs to keep going. He just has to. The only way, he's got to work his way in. Once he's in, he's got to do as much damage every time he comes into close proximity. It's going to be an exciting fight. It's a tough fight for Derek to win. Many people think he'll get battered over the distance. He'll either lose on points or get stopped late. But Derek, Derek, Derek knows that. And every time Derek's been up against it, like against Carlos Takam, I wrote him off. Everyone wrote him off. He found a way to win. Against Spilka, everyone was saying he's a southpaw. Derek don't know how to fight southpaws. Look against the Gashi fight, he looked terrible. Next fight against a better southpaw, who went nine rounds with, uh, with Deontay Wilder, he smokes him in a couple of rounds. Same thing with David Price. Everyone thought he had the, the long range. How's he going to get past the jab? He found a way and got him out of it, up close, inside. That's where Derek does his best work. Outside, it's not his game. But when he gets inside, when he gets rough and tough, that's where Derek Chisora can be effective against anyone in the world. And if you look, and you, if you have a boxing match with you, so you, you lose no matter who you are. That's what I think Derek Chisora's style is probably the worst style for Usyk. I think anti, sounds weird, but I think anti Joshua's style is a, it would be a boxing style. So it would be a long range affair. Anything long range with Usyk, he's winning most of the time. So I think this the fight against Chisora is actually more dangerous for Usyk because it's not a boxing match, it'll be a fight. And, uh, and I can't see um, Anthony Joshua just walking into range, taking shots and just to land his own. No, that's not how Anthony Joshua fights, he's a, he's a slick boxer. You know, look at his last fight against Andy Ruiz, he'll try and outbox. If he tries to outbox the master boxer, who's pound for pound, one of the best at boxing, he's never a hard night. But the, what Derek's gonna bring to the table is something very, very different than what AJ will bring, what anybody else will bring, because it's not boxing, it's fighting. It's a big difference, and you'll see on the night what the difference is. Do you honestly believe that if Derek Chisora wins this, this match, they will fight an Anthony Joshua or somebody else for a world title and can yeah. win it? Do you honestly believe he can do that? I, I, I can't think about one minute past this fight, but the fact that um, I, Eddie couldn't think of a better result than Derek Chisora winning this fight and then going on and uh, fighting, that's what a massive all-British showdown. You know, Derek Chisora's got a massive, massive fan base now. People really got behind him. He was nearly the forgotten man at one stage, but he's, he's shown what most people love. It's, to come, it's a comeback story. It's when people write you off and you come back and do something significant. And he has, he's changed his life around. He's completely, he's a born-again Christian now. He's completely changed so much in his life. And he's getting the success that he always should have had that he didn't get. And I think the fans have seen that. They kind of wrote him off a while. And they're like, no, that's your fact. Derek's doing it. He's putting it, they're looking at his Instagram. They're seeing that he's training every day. He's putting the efforts in. He's watching his food. He's ticking all the boxes that you need to tick if you're going to, going to the top. And he's, he's there. He's nearly there, one fight away from it. So, you know, I can't think about, you know, anything past, you know, uh, May 23rd. But I'm telling you, you know, don't write Derek off. Do not write him off. You spoke about physical presence in regards to Usyk. Yourself, you were a cruiserweight, moved up to heavyweight. What was the hardest thing for you to adapt when you moved over to heavyweight? Um, the hardest thing to adapt with is, is the mindset that you, you don't want to put on too much weight. Because instinctively, you want to bulk up. You fight a big guy, you think, okay, I'm only 90 kilos. Okay, I'm 95 kilos. You know, I, I'd be better at 100 kilos seeing that, for instance, when I fought Klitschko. Klitschko was, I don't know, 115 kilos. I was 95 kilos. And I, if I could put on another five kilos, maybe that'll give me some more punch resistance, but it doesn't. It slows you down. So the, having the mental side of things having, and having a team, a strength and conditioning team that 
don't care what you weigh. They just want you to punch as hard as you can for as long as you can to have the legs to move around and apply whatever the game plan is that you've set. And if he doesn't have a good team around him, he's, if he comes in at anything over 217, if he puts on any more than 17, 18 pounds, I think it will work against him. And um, if he comes in 225, for instance, I think that's a fantastic thing for Derek because he'll have to be carrying around that additional weight. It didn't work for uh, Deontay Wilder putting on the additional weight. You know, it worked for Tyson Fury. But Tyson Fury is a significantly bigger man. You know, when you're the little guy, you need to be the little guy in the fight. You need to fight like the little guy. You can't be the big guy. It's just not. And that was, I'd say, that was the biggest challenge: being able, being confident that me as a cruiserweight and a little bit more, five kilos more than a cruiserweight, being just ten pound over the cruiserweight limit was good enough to fight these giants. That was that was the, that was that was the toughest part. David, one last question. Um, Derek Chisora has mentioned that uh, he's going to take some dancing lessons to combat the elusiveness of Usyk. How, how did he get on? He's good. He's a good dancer. You see, doing some salsa, doing some salsa, some merengue, just getting the, the foot and the hand, the, the the brain and the feet connected. You should check him out. Put get some put some salsa on and see what you can do. He's pretty impressive. This is Ryan Elliott from Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm down in London today. Delighted to be joined by Brian Jennings. We've been here discussing, promoting Alexander Usyk against Derek Chisora. First and foremost, so Brian, how are you? I'm all good. I'm all good. I see you say you like the chain. You know what I'm saying? You got the owl. You got the OVO shirt on. You know what I'm saying? So you know the symbolism of the owls, you know. You know, ask Drake where you get the owl symbol from. You know what I'm saying? Just two stylish guys, Brian. Anyway, down to business. Last time I saw you was uh, the build-up to the Joe Joyce fight. I appreciate it. quite a lot of times passed since. What have you been up to, though? Uh, I just been I've been working working with Derek. You know, uh, doing other things around around the, around the city, around London. Um, working working with real estate. Um, you know, building, bonding. Man, just doing everything. You know, working on. Um, we got the vegan documentary, the plant-based documentary, um, The Game Changers. You know, it's on Netflix. You know, make sure y'all go check that out. Um, and follow me at BY Jennings on Instagram and Twitter, by the way. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I've been, I've been pretty much keeping busy. You know, not, sit, not sitting still, not standing still, not becoming stagnant. Oh, just to come on to why we are here, Brian, we've just had the press conference ahead of Alexander Usyk and Derek Chisora on May 23rd. You've been working with Derek quite closely, uh, and you, I imagine you will for the rest of camp. Right. It's hard to pick holes in Alexander Usyk, but in your mind, how does Derek win this fight? I mean, well, I mean, it's it's not as hard to pick holes in, in Alexander. It's just one hole that we can actually pick on. So if I can if I can easily pick on that hole, then I'll pause. I would do that. But um, but far as him, no, I only said no. You ain't got to do nothing. Don't you keep this? Keep all this. I said pause for a reason. You know, I, I explain it to you later. But uh. <laughs> but uh, no, no. Far as him being able to take the pressure, the power, and the relentlessness of of a Derek Chisora, you know, that's the only thing that he has improved yet. We all know he's good. We all know he's technically good. Southpaw can move well. You know, um, gold medalist. You know, um, world champion. You know, but this is his second fight at heavyweight, and you know he's testing himself, and he has he has a he has quite a big test. With Alexander, 
something that people have pointed at in his career sometimes he hasn't been the quickest out the blocks in some fights takes his time to sort of adjust to opponents is that something maybe he could look to, to capitalise on and get Derek out the blocks flying I mean I mean who, who, who's to say you know uh, I mean that might that might be what he can do but it all depends on also what Derek does so Derek might you know Derek might not he might not step on the gas immediately you know, he might he might hit him with a basic pace, or you know, or little up tempo pace, and not at the max. Um, upon upon uh, Usyk responding to that, you know, it's probably what Derek is, is going to you know go off of. He's not going to go in, you know, blindsided or you know, uh, just go in with his eyes closed and just swing him, throwing punches. I I think he's going to have a little more a little more uh, strategy and a little more technique to. To, to how he chooses to display his punching output. Derek throughout his career is sometimes blown hot or cold, but whenever we see him at the O2 Arena, he seems to rise to the occasion. He loves that venue, he loves feeding off the crowd. Do you think that's something he's got to try and use, even if it's just for an extra 1%, just to try and get that lift from the crowd? I mean, yeah, but also uh, Derek in the, last, in the last three years, you know, uh, it's a complete turnaround. You know, with him, you know, working with, uh, with David Hay, um, you know, training, training alongside, you know, with David, um, you know the whole the whole nine with that. You know it's uh we 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 are seeing a different uh, Derek Chisora, and we and we're seeing a different Derek Chisora in the sense that, dad, what if what if this Derek Chisora was out earlier? You know, um, you know, some more disciplined Derek. You know, it's a more better Derek, some more polished Derek, more mature Derek, more more knowledgeable Derek, and uh, you know, I think I think he's always going to bring what he wants to bring. You know. Yeah, like you said, sometimes he's he's hot, cold, but you know uh, I think that's 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 also may come from you know conditioning uh, conditioning your mindset throughout training to to have you keep keeping at it, keeping at it, keeping at it. So you know uh, that's one of the things that I could bring. You know, make sure he stays consistent. He has someone that could work alongside him. That if it hurts, it hurts me too. You know, um, you know if it's too much for him, then it's too much for me too. You know. Um, and you know, it's just it's it's like the friendly competition thing when we're in the gym, and that's what pushes us, you know, and that's what's going to keep him to keep going, to keep going, to keep going. So I just think that him exercising that, you know, um, it'll it'll give a give few far in between of those hot and cold moments. Ryan, I just wanted to get your thoughts on a few other things, heavyweight. That's okay with you. Yeah, One fight we got coming up in the UK next month: Daniel Dubois, Joe Joyce. Obviously, you've shared the rounds with Joe. What's your thoughts on that fight? How do you see that sort of playing out? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm not really sure. I know Daniel's a I know Daniel's a young beast. I know Daniel's a young beast. Uh, you know, Joyce 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 can take a punch, uh, but Daniel, Daniel can punch as well. But uh, you know, I I think I think we're just waiting to see how that unfolds because you know you never really know with Joyce. Joyce is like you know the guy who doesn't really doesn't really have it all, but he gets it done. You know. Um, yeah, and and and, and Daniel, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's if he's a, a you know like a long distance twelve round twelve round type fighter. I haven't. I don't think he's been tested, you know, within you know within past a particular amount of rounds. So this would be a good test for him. Um, I'm sure he's training hard, um, but I'm not really sure exactly what to think of this. Um, but based off of what what we know, you know. Um, Six rounds, six rounds, somebody's, somebody's going down. Somebody's going to get knocked out in six rounds.
Because I, I, I know for sure Daniel has the thing to say, all right, well, if he's done, oh, he's going he's gonna to put it all on the line. So hopefully, hopefully he's trained and hopefully he, he, he has and hopefully he already had, you know, that whole 12-round thing. But that's just something that I never saw from him. Packed heavyweight schedule at the minute. We've also had announced Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin on May 2nd. How much of a threat does Alexander Povetkin remain at 39 years old to Dillian White? No, Dillian's a dog. Dillian's a dog. Alexander's a... Uh, I'll leave that there. Alexander's a... Uh, he's, he's a... Man, he's, he's been around a long time. And he, he showed that, you know, that he still has what it takes, you know, in the last fight against Michael Hunter. Um, Dillian's a dog. Dillian's a dog. Um... I just I don't know. I think I think that Dylan has to to instill a little a lot a lot a lot of discipline, not a lot more, but a lot of discipline, you know, in his jab. You know, uh he can make it the same fight like uh, Oscar Rivas, you know, but just just don't fall asleep like Oscar always make people fall asleep like he make me fall asleep and put me to sleep. So, but uh but yeah, um I just think that he needs to instill a lot of discipline. He has the size, he has the reach advantage. Uh he don't have to give it all. You know, in that way. You know what I'm saying? He, 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 hey, man, he, what are you doing here, man? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in, I'm in London. I'm here to see this guy. You know what I mean? That's yeah, right. though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, um, hey, I just think that, um, yeah, if he, if he keep a little more discipline on his jab and, you know, try not to, uh, you know, give up, you know, give up so much, just take his time, he can, he can, he can win that fight like he won the rebounds fight. That's like a, that's like a, that's like a, Immediate, not not immediate. The uh, whatever, the same exact fight. I was trying to find a word for it. My vocabulary is slipping right now. I'm sure we can forgive you that much, Brian. I just a couple more things I wanted to get your thoughts on. Obviously, the top of the heavyweight division was sort of shook up by Tyson Fury very recently. Incredible performance to dispose of Deontay Wilder. Deontay has exercises right immediately for the third fight. Were you surprised that he took the third fight straight away? No, I'm not surprised that he took the fight uh, straight away to third fight. What you thought out? Thought he would get curred out? You, you understand what that word is? You know, that's like when a dog just like runs, you know, start crying and screaming. No, I didn't think he was that type of person. Um, I mean, no, Wilder wants to redeem himself, and Wilder's going to do what it takes to 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 at least give the effort to redeem himself. In your opinion, what can Deontay do differently after such a comprehensive fight? We know the power is, is off the charts, but what can he do to avenge that loss? I mean, I don't know. I think I think I think Wilder see Wilder has the power, but I think I think against Fury, he can't he can't he's not more technical than Fury. So, you know, he has to he has to do things to make Fury think. You know, make Fury think a little more and uh Fury 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 can fight and Fury can move and Fury can do what he does at a faster pace. So Wilder Wilder might have been slow to Fury based off of the fact that he may have trained for faster, you know, trained for, you know, more of a more of an output, but Wilder has to Wilder has to become, you know, confusing for Fury. And uh he has to make Fury look for look for everything. The left not just the right hand. Make him look for the left hook. You know, um, but then you know Wilder's not as strong uh, with the, with his technic with his technicalities and you know, and the technical side of boxing. So it's like he can he, he he won't he won't win in a technical fight. He will not win in a technical fight. And I think I think 99 out of 100 people would agree with me. Um, he's gonna have to knock him out. But 
and, and a good way to knock him out is to keep him being confused. You know, don't have him just looking for the right hand. Have him start looking for the left hook. I mean, throw an uppercut in there. You know, uh, just you know, fight a little more harder. And I know this this is all that he has, and I know he's gonna give it. He's gonna give it his all. The debate has been raging on in the UK since last fight about the possibility of that undisputed fight if Fury's victorious again, if Joshua comes past uh, Kubrat Pulev. It looks like it could actually be a possibility that that all-British undisputed fight, if that were to happen, would, would, can you separate them? Is there anything to split them in your mind, Joshua and Fury? I mean, I mean, like I, I, I explained this, I explained this early in the interview, but uh, you know, I mean, Fury, I don't, I don't see anybody technically beating Fury right now, um, you know, far, far, far as uh, the five, five opponents that will probably be able to fight him at the moment, um, you know, but, he, but, he, but he, he, can, he can, you know, he can lose. Somebody can beat him, but I'm just saying, like, he's, he's in a good space right now. He's in a good place right now. He looked, he looked, he looked phenomenal against a, against a person that was, that was deemed to be very, very dangerous, you know, in Wilder. Um, and, and it's, it's pretty hard to assess, but uh, I, I, I still think I still think somebody's going to have to come with the A game, and, and you know, in order to win, because he's a good fighter, he's good, you know. Um, but upon but upon that fight happening, you know, in between time, you know, depending on uh, the preparation of, of of AJ or whatever, if you know if he prepares well, you know, like I know he will, you know, um, you know, we'll be there. To, I, I probably will be there to help him prepare, you know. Um, but it's, it's just an assumption that's, that's, I mean, I'm high on Fury right now as far as his technical ability. But, you know, I just, I still think that, I still think that he's beatable. But there's no telling who could beat him for sure. Like, just to say, oh, no, he can beat him, you know, for sure. Like, but I just think everyone has a chance. And, you know, that's, you know, I kind of, I kind of don't even want to speak on it no more because it's almost like, because I want to be biased for one, but I also want to be biased for the other. But I also want to be real and keep it, you know, keep it a buck. But uh, you know, Fury's good right now. He's on his, you know, he's uh, he's looking good right now. That was that was that was like a thrown around answer, but yeah, it is what it is. Final one before I let you go, Brian. What does the future hold for yourself? You you mentioned you know you've got all these other ventures away from boxing at minute as well as helping out Derek. You seem to be in good spirits, enjoying life as well. What does the future hold? Uh, what well, the future holds, what it holds, you know. Uh, I mean, tomorrow is my future. You know, five minutes is my future. Uh, there's no telling. You know, with the qualities and the ethics that I have, um, I'm liable to land anywhere. You know, um, I'm the type of person that can still throw in a suit and go up in the building around Harvard, Harvard, Yale, and Princeton graduates, you know, um, and still be able to hold those conversations, um, you know, speak on particular things, and, you know, just be me. You know what I mean? I'm from the hood, so that's how we... That's 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 how we bred to do. I mean, Jay Z made it to a billion. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, he he, he went from sitting in he went from sitting in the uh, standing on the corner to the corner office, like he said. So, uh, it, the sky's the limit for people like me, and uh, you know, the future is bright. Um, and like I say, with, with with my ethics, and you know, my my, my work ethics, and uh, everything that I could bring to the table, like it's no telling. It's no telling. I mean, I up and did boxing, so it's no telling. You know. Um, Sky's the limit, but far as my future with fighting this year, maybe, hopefully, three years. I mean, three times. Um, 
it's unpredictable based off of you know me being stubborn sometimes. Um, still, still top rank, still Jay Prince, um, still John David Jackson. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's what it is. We, um, we shall see. I mean, who knows, man? Two months turn into two years sometimes. But you know, I ain't gonna sit still. I'm gonna be doing something. I don't know what it's gonna be, but something's gonna get done when I wake up. Man. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Good to see you, and good luck with all the ventures. Yeah. Welcome to this week's Hashtag Toadster. I'm delighted to say that this week we're joined by Gary Logan, Barry Jones and Josh Kelly. Josh, good to see you. Um, not long to go now, just a few weeks to go yeah. until your fight with David Avenissian, yeah. which was meant to happen back in 2018 and it finally is happening now. How yes. are you feeling? Very good. I feel good. I feel confident. Um, I can't wait to get in there. It's, uh, it could happen now. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go in there. I'm ready to get, get it on. How's training been going? Perfect. To say that uh, he's not going to say anything. Know, perfect, no, he, is no, he? He, I mean, it is a cliche. Everyone says, "Listen, the trainings went well, but this one has went as best it's went." I've got no excuses this time. I've got I put everything into training, no stone unturned, as they say. So let's um, see what see what happens on fight night. It should be the best version of myself. How much, Gary, are you looking forward to this one? I think it's a perfect fight for him to look good, to really show us what he's about. Um, I've always rated him, always thought his ability level is really high. Um, and obviously he's not had, I mean, some people have been the, uh, uh, highly critical high, or hypercritical of him, where I don't see it. He's been growing in a short space of time. But like now it's time, Adam believes it's time to let him off, off, the, uh, off the leash. And Avanissian is a European champion, he's proven. But styles make fights and he's got the style to make this guy look good. How do you think the styles will blend? I think he'd make a really good fighter too. I think Avinician is a is a danger. He hasn't got the fastest of feet, mm -hmm. but he's a danger. He can punch and he and he's willing to walk through you. And I think it'll either I say this, everyone is saying it'll either expose Josh or bring up the best in him. It'll be, it'll be I think it's that sort of fight. It's not a it's not a, like a fight where it's a, you know your career goes downhill either way. I mean, but I think it's a fight where it'll either shine and look fantastic, or it'll be a step too far. But I but I. I think that the career Josh has had in a short space of time, he's had those hard tests already, to, mm. and he's proved that he can dig deep. So I think I think it's a fight that that I think should, that, that he'll really come of age. Pretty much answered Joe's first question, which was how does the fight with Avinistian go? But the second bit he asks is, have you got the power to stop him? Do you think you have? Shots what you don't see coming, and the shots what knock you out. I mean, it's. A lot of journeymen don't get stopped because a lot of the prospects are uh, loading up and they brace for a lot of shots and they, they get through the rounds because they're constantly bracing and they can see a shot coming. And the shot you see coming doesn't necessarily hurt you 99% of the time, but you take a shot from out the eye line and it's fast and sharp, that stuns you and hurts you. So um, don't be surprised, that's all I'm saying. Don't be surprised. Do you, do you think Josh has got the power to stop him? Yeah, I think if he's consistent with it. The main thing with Josh is that the only criticism I will give there was a little bit of inconsistency between attacks. 
now. I believe that Adam will have got him being more consistent. If he sees an opening, he's going to take it. He's not going to keep punching, but he's going to punch effectively enough to keep wearing Avanissian down. I don't think it will be done with one shot. I think it will be done with a multitude of shots because he's got fast hands. But like this is a fight where I really want to see him letting his hands go in combination, using that really good head movement and punching again. Second phase punching, which is what? Sort of similar to what I, I personally believe he can be similar to a Chocolatito, mm. with that sort of flow. Because mm. he's got the head movement, he's got the eye, the hand-eye coordination. He's just got to amalgamate them both together. And I think we're going to see that fight. Because Avanessian's going to be there. Mm. And it's always awkward to do that when someone's skitting around the ring. Avanessian really thinks he can win this fight, which is great for him. Barry? Who cares? To be honest, that's what I think. I think what he can do is, is totally outbox him. I think that should be the focus. And if the punch, you know, and, and, and if, you, if the, the angles of attack, you know, can get, put the guy in the pressure and you see it, I think go for it. But you're against a guy who you know can punch. No, you use your ability, you use your strength, and that's the, that's the movement and the hand speed and the foot speed. And, and I do that and I confuse him. I, I wouldn't worry about the first few rounds about trying to get him out of there. I would just confuse him, then get rid of him. Yeah. When you were due to fight him originally back in December mm. 2018 in Sheffield, wasn't yeah. it? And you withdrew on the, on the yeah. day. There were question marks, weren't there? Yeah. Um, and people sort of raised mm. their eyebrows and, and wondered what the real situation yeah. was. Do you feel like now you have even more of a point to prove? Um. Nah, but internally I knew what I was feeling and I knew how I felt on the day. So at the end of the day, I don't think I've I've got nothing. To, I've, I don't think I was going to get the credit I was due if I beat him that time. So this time round, because he's had the three back-to-back -back wins and stoppages mm. every single one, he's um, people realise what sort of threat I'm under. So this time around, when I when I win, then. I should get the credit I deserve. I mean, it's going to be a tough fight. He's a, he's a world great fighter. He's, he's boxed at world level. He's won a world title. So, Do you like the pressure? 100%. I mean, this is my 12th fight. Um, and if you think about it, like, not many people are boxing at this level at 12 fights, like, against the danger of uh, David Avanes. I mean, in the welterweight division, it's stacked. So it's not like a division you can just get through after 12 fights, you may be fighting for a world title. Like, at the top echelon, from, I'm talking like from rank. 15 upwards or 20 upwards as dangerous fighters. As you see with Ray Robinson, he was a he was a very great fighter. A lot of people don't give me the credit for that fight, but at the end of the day, he was he was top graded as well. So it's good, man. Well, let's just talk about that fight with Ray Robinson mm -hmm. in in New York back in June last year. George wants to know um, you've had some criticism on the back of the Ray Robinson fight last yeah. June. How did you deal with it? Because you are someone. I think it's fair to say that you are quite self-critical, aren't you? Yeah. And yeah. I think after the fight, you came out and said that you, you felt that you could have done better. Yeah. Is that, is that... I think there's a lot of things leading up to that fight which um, went unheard of, and I didn't really, I, I never really want to talk about it at all. But Ray Ronson's, uh, he's, he's tall, he's rangy, he's got, he, he threw a lot of arm punches and he just sort of crept the distance because he didn't need to work his way to distance because he was tall and he was a southpaw, so he sort of just let his hands go constantly at distance, and I had to work a lot to to actually get distance and land my shots. So it was very awkward, very underrated. And he's um, obviously the way he got a majority draw against um, Kavalowskis, who then went to put a great performance in against Crawford, in my opinion. It just shows what grade he's at. And he's, I mean, he was the last person to beat Terence Crawford as an amateur. So he's, that was a, that was a tough, fight, tough fight, me and Adam knew it was. But like I said, a lot of people expect because of the hype and the social media and everything else that you just this, this mad thing. At the end of the day, 
I'm a young lad trying to do my thing and I'm, I'm uh, moving at a fast pace, so... And still learning. Yeah, and still learning, so at the end of the day, there should be another learning curve in my career because I win and I learn from it. I have to dig deep in there, so I'm ready to go to um, Helen back to get this, to get this win. Barry, do you think the criticism was fair, was was justified? I, th I think the problem you get is that he, he, he had such a whirlwind start and beat some good fighters before yeah. Robinson, to be honest, that, that you expect too much too soon. And like you expect, like you, you expect too much, and, and, you, and you can't do, you think, yeah. oh, this kid's flying. And I think that was a fight, too, no, maybe too, that was too much, too much of a big step, I think. Now, Robinson's massively underrated, he is the gatekeeper for world level. And at this division, the gatekeeper of all level might be good enough to win the world title at a different yeah. weight. Yeah. That's how good the welterweight division yeah. is. So it was a, maybe a, it was a risky move, but you can see where they took it because he yeah. looked so good. But and, 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 and you didn't get the loss; you got the draw. So it, in in many ways, it wasn't a bad thing because you could see where you actually where you what you need to do to get that higher level. But also didn't lose your undefeated record, mm. and you learned so much that will go forward and help you for this fight. Mm. It wasn't wasn't lost. It was a draw, like yeah. quite mm. rightly as you just said there. But you can learn so much from those kind of fights. So just look at the weekend at John O'Carroll. How much he yeah. learned yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from the course. defeat to uh, Farmer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, this game is a journey, and he's 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 had a quite a short journey. He's twelve bouts, and like, but the journey of growth under someone like Adam Booth will be immense. It would be the equivalent to some fighters, and I'm not going to slate off any other coaches or whatever, but there's not many coaches that, are that approach the game from the mental perspective of what, as what Adam Booth does. And he will have prepared him for this moment. They will have talked this thing over and over again. They will have replayed so many scenarios in their mind. And that's what, that's what will help, you know? Helping, like things overcoming the fear of the situation. What's the situations that you might win or lose? What the hell? Go out there and flow. Give it your best. Let him know what you've got. And then uh, let the chips fall where they may. I personally think what he does is better than what Avanessian did. But when he gets the win, people will stop. The, the, the critics are going to have to just start saying that. How many doors do you think it would open up for Josh? It, it, I think it depends on the nature of the win, mm. how, how, fat, how, how quick he, he progresses. But it's about the full package. He's a good-looking kid. He talks well, though he doesn't want to admit that. But Accent's not the best. <laughs> Accent's not the best, but you're not well. Are, <laughs> no, but, you know, so he, the full package of Josh Kelly's good. He's exciting to watch. He's flash and he's a bit brash as well. So some people want to get, want to see him get beat as well. People, mm. people want to see him succeed. You need that polarised opinions to help push you up there for, the, for your profile so I think yeah. if, he, if he gets a devastating win and that doesn't mean a, a first round knockout I mean if it's an outstanding performance with a stoppage that would really resonate around the world the, the, around that world rankings of, of the Wildwood division they would all stand up and take notice Absolutely um, Ryan wants to know uh, will you fight Conor Ben soon? Well A lot of talk about that isn't there? There is there is a lot of talk about it I'm stepping up European level now um, I can happily Win this and then defend against him if it draws a lot of a lot, a lot of crowd and stuff. But in the day, if the opportunity. I think it would. Yeah, hundred percent. So if it does, then then fair enough. I've got to step back down and I box him. Um, a lot. Of, I mean, I know a lot of people from my my city, Sunderland. Um, I've got some big support from there because obviously um, Sunderland born and bred, and I support them massively. Um, I went up there the other week and then we're all asking her, and I said, listen. 
stadium of life fight wouldn't 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 go amiss if we could fill that up. I mean, it would it would be it, it's a forty-seven thousand seat stadium, but the amount of support up there, what I've got at the moment, is crazy, and the amount they're bringing down is unbelievable. So listen, it's never it. I'm I'm on I'm on this, I'm only thinking about this European title fight at the moment. So let's get this done and dusted, and then um, if the Conor Ben fight gets off it, then 100%. We've offered it before, but at the end of the day, now we're on this European title fight, so. Kelly, Ben, how much would you guys like to see that? I, th I think it's an, it's an exciting fight to watch, but I, I do think, I think Conor Ben's one of the most improved fighters mm -hmm. for where he started from to where he is now. Especially the last 12 months have been, have been massive, but... I and he's had a lot of setbacks as well, and layoffs. Yeah, and, and also that burden of having that Ben name on his back, yeah. you know, as much as he opens doors, People expect too much of you too soon. Mm. But so similar to Josh from the Olympics, everyone thought he was going to be a superstar in his first fight, mm. and he sort of has been. But I also think that maybe, for me, Ben's just a little bit behind now. So you should concentrate on maybe just more domestic mm. level. That maybe that you skipped, and maybe you should have went that route, mm. but you didn't. But if, you're, if, you beat, if you get the European title now, then I think that might be just a, another 18 months away from, mm. from Ben, for my, mm. my opinion. He won't think that, of course, but... No, uh, he definitely won't fight. Do that. I saw Conor the other day in the gym and he wants to fight. So it's a, it's a great fight, you know. He thinks he's got what it takes to beat you. You know you, you think you've got what it takes to beat him. Hey. And it's a fight that's tangible now. If you have an exciting win against San Vanessian, then exactly. why not make a voluntary defence against Conor Ben? Exactly, in the Stadium of Light. Let me plug that, the Stadium of Light. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Stadium of Light. Um, Archie, uh, of the two, top two welterweights, Terence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr., who wins? Uh, Terence Crawford. Um, for some reason, I, she, she, I think that I've never seen Errol Spence back after obviously his terrible accident. Yep. Uh, obviously, he got through it and God willing, he's healthy and stuff. But at the end of the day, I, I've seen him do a couple of interviews and I, I don't know if it, something about him. I don't know if it looks something looks a little bit different. I'm I'm not sure. I just his demeanour looks a little bit different. But going on boxing skill alone, um, I feel as though Terence Crawford's just. Uh, He's a bit of a, a bit of a beast that uh, he can switch. He can come forward. The way he did the way he boxed against Kavalowski, even though it was Kavalowski's best performance, he just went to war with him. And Kavalowski's got a heavy punch. He's he's a he's a knockout artist, and uh, Crawford just broke him down and just was just like, listen, like I'm walking through you. So I sit Terence Crawford at the top at the moment. You're going Terence Crawford. What about you, Gary? I'm never backing against Spence now. <laughs> never backing against Spence. Everyone that's gone to war with him has lost. He's brought out the best, as I said this before on this show, he's brought out the best performances in Sean Porter. He's brought out the best ever performance in Kelbrook and still he stopped him. Well, he beat Porter on points, but he broke Kelbrook. And if, they were, if it was pre-crash, I would definitely be in um, Spence's corner. Post-crash, I think it is a lot closer. I think it is a lot closer. So um, I can understand why, why people think... It's, it's a hard one to call. It's a tough one to I'm, call. I'm a massive, I'm a massive Spence fan because mm. he reminds me a little bit of Donald Curry. Yeah. But, and the size as well. He's massive yeah. for the weight. But I think the versatility that Crawford has to his game, mm. and like, like Josh was alluding to, I think that's would probably give... I'd edge him, to be honest. Yeah. It'd be a hard fight and a tough fight and they both had to dig deep and go a place they'd never been before. But I think Crawford would prevail. Be a brilliant fight to watch. Oh, that one, fight. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, so you've not got long to go. No. Um, wish you the best of luck for that. You're living with Thank Adam, you. is that the case? Yes. In camp, how uh, is that? Good. I mean, me and Michael, uh, me and Michael were looking for a place, and then we said, listen, we're just moving with Adam for this camp, and then we, we 
I mean, Matt has now left us, went to New York to get on with what he's doing. So, um, I mean, that's living and breathing, it, isn't it? That's twenty four seven. Just to wash his car or clean, clean the windows <laughs> and all that. Well, uh, to do the washing, uh, washing. Who cooks? Uh, uh, what? Who cooks? Well, I, I am a bit of a. I do like to cook myself a little now. Nah, the kids are going to have my life for that now. Nah, I don't touch any cooking. Um, we got a we, we got a good uh, a good thing going on. So I uh, we enjoying it, man. But it's 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 our craft. I mean, you're living away from your family and baby and Mrs. who's now pregnant yeah. again. So it's all it's all uh, go. But it's going to be worth it come 28th of March. Um, Gives you a bit of steel being away from family, though, 100%, doesn't it? 100%. Like it really lets 100%. you realise why you're doing, why you have to do it. I mean, you know? I feel myself. You feel yourself getting a little bit more of an edge when you come yes. back. Yeah. Like the missus goes, you're, you're, you're different, your attitude's exactly. a bit different, like you're a bit more snappy and mm -hmm. I find myself being That's a little bit That's great when like she's that. pregnant. Uh, <laughs> I know, which is like, exactly, so I'm saying, uh, listen. You think I'm after? <laughs> nah, I'm saying, listen, so, now nah, what? you need that edge, you need that like dog mental mm. mentality and I've, I've went there this camp, I've, I've went to places where like, people's like looking, thinking he's, He's training like he's crazy. Like I don't want, I want people to think like I don't want to train with him. He's training too hard, so mm. that's what I'm. That's what I'm mentally going through at the moment. So it's just got to mentally callous your mind. I did that, so let's bring on the 28th. I'm ready. Yeah, not long to go. Looking forward yeah. to it. Best 100%. of luck. Thank you, chaps. Um, you'll all be doing the podcast later on, so you yeah. can download that on iTunes. But um, we'll see you next week. Sky Sports. Feel it all.